Hi, and welcome to the first series of podcasts from Physical Culture Research in Education, which is a research group based at the University of Edinburgh, with an interest in topics such as health and wellbeing, pedagogy, teacher professional learning and digital cultures, but with much of the work that we do focusing on the subject of physical education. My name is Shirley Gray, and together with my colleague Andrew Horrell, we have recorded this series of six podcasts where we talk to PE teachers who have engaged in a practitioner inquiry. These are short podcasts of around 20 to 25 minutes where we find out what motivated their inquiry, what they did and what they learned. Hopefully our discussions will inspire others to reflect on their practice and even carry out their own professional inquiry. In this podcast, we're going to be talking to Kat Garson. Kat wrote a paper about asking better questions. And as teachers, we all ask questions. And so learning about how you ask questions and what she found, it was going to be really interesting. We're looking forward to hearing from her, her experiences, the research she did and what she's learned. So we're going to hear from Kat now. Hey, hi, Shirley. Hi, Andrew. How are you guys? Good. Thanks, Kat. Nice to see you. Thanks for asking. Nice to see you too. Um, lovely to see you guys. Really, really glad to speak to you both um, and looking forward to hear what we all are going to chat about. That's great. Well, um, it, and we know that it's a busy time at the moment, so it's great that you're taking the time out to talk to us. Um, maybe you could just say a little bit about yourself so that you, everybody, we know you, but not everybody who's listening will. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh, yeah, I am. Um, I graduated 10 years ago, well, 10 years ago exactly, from uh, Murray House. And um, after probation year, I then went up northwards to Perthshire for work um, and worked in a private school for four years. Um, and then came even further northwards. Um, the viewer to return back to Orkney and have been back home for five years. Um, and in that time, married and have two children. So basically I'm on maternity leave just now and uh, returning to work soon um, and work in the, the brilliant Kirkwell Grammar School which is the school I went to as a pupil so went in a full circle. Excellent a lot of people do a lot of people do end up going back the lure as you said and um, so thanks Kat the reason that you're here is because you obviously have an interest in research uh, and you've actually engaged in your own practitioner inquiry can you tell us a little bit about um, what you're interested in and why? So um, my um, research that I uh, that we're going to be discussing is my dissertation when I was at university. And at university, I was really fortunate to observe some uh, super teachers on teaching placement. Um, I was really like in awe of these teachers and the way that they had their bairns like just beating at the palm of their hands and I was really interested in particularly in the way that they chatted to their certificate bairns and the relationships they had and in particularly the discussions the high quality discussions they had with these certificates um pupils as well as other pupils but I felt like this was really worth looking at so I wanted to look at how how the teacher sets up this environment and the discussions they have, um, and how how do they how do they ask good questions to then let the learners you know how can you be let them be better learners and um, so I basically wanted to 
look at um, how do you be a good teacher and how do you have good conversations with your students. And I also thought, well, there's not a study really like this. Um, so that was kind of the, the thought behind it. OK, so and having sort of got that initial interest and in seeing what others are doing and then trying to think about, well, how would I find out more about that for myself? So what did you do? What was your what was your next steps? What process did you follow there? So after like having this sort of idea of right, I should look at how do we how do we have good conversations and question it, questions with our students? I spoke to some colleagues, some of the teachers that I observed in placement. And I spoke to your fine self as well, Andrew, and we had a good chat. We had a good chat about, you know, how we don't know much about what about questioning itself, and you know, it would be really interesting to to go into go into a school and make some observations based on what what questions are asked, what's what is actually in, involved in this conversations. So. From that, um, during my fourth year placement, when you know when I had a lot of time, I was able to do a lot of reading and speak to a lot of folk, speak to a lot of teachers, and um, that was kind of the start of my research. I was going. The plan was to take some, a uh, you know, film, some video footage then use that video footage to complete some observation schedules of what the, what was the dialogue between teachers and the students, um, interview teachers and conduct people questionnaires uh, based on about you know based on questioning practical experiential learning and and how so how can yeah lo lots of elements of of the discussions that you have in the classroom and, and in the gym, that's what I mean. And did you do that in one school? It was all one school and it was um, it was my fourth year placement school and it was within two classes, um, two small sized classes in that school. And the teachers in the department, how did they, how did they take to this? Did they think this was a, you know, an upstart student trying to find out what they were doing or or how did that go? Yeah, I, looking back, I think it must have been a bit, the, certainly the one teacher was quite, he, he really, he wanted to know everything that was going on and he, I think he was, you know, he was a little bit suspicious of what I was up to and, they, and they, you know, I explained everything to them and he was really, he, he wanted to know everything. The other one was just like, yeah, crack that, do whatever you want, that's great. So it was, it was quite uh, different attitudes, but they were brilliant. They were, you know, it was amazing, uh, amazing experience to get to, to, to observe them. And actually looking back now to see that I've actually got their, you know, the full conversations they had with their students. So they were not quite up for it, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you, you've obviously um, gathered quite a lot of information about what you saw and what they thought and what they said. Um, from all that data you gathered, what were the key things that you learned about good conversations, good feedback, interaction between teacher and pupil within this certificated PE context? Yeah, well, certainly looking back, and it's really interesting to read it again, I, I learned a lot, a lot. Um, you know, lots of 
they, good teachers ask a lot of questions. And, you know, one of the teachers was asked one question per, th per three minutes, which is a lot of questions when you think about that, especially going thinking now about how many questions I might ask. So that's certainly really quite interesting. Um, with regards to the types of questions that was that was asked, the majority of the questions that was asked in that um, lessons were mostly the academic sort of fact questions, which is sort of recalling knowledge. Um, and this is the majority was 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 that that type of questions, but there was quite a few sort of thoughtful divergent questions. Um, and these questions were more common within the practical sessions that I observed, which is uh, which is interesting, considering you know, you'd, you'd think you would be able to ask more questions within the classroom session when you know you're maybe going to be talking to them more and people aren't busy doing um, practical activities. Um, I learned a lot. There was a real strength of peer work. Um, in these sessions, um, pupils were really very happy to share their ideas in front of their peers. They were, they were actually happy to share their ideas in front of their teacher. They were really like the environment was a super environment. They, there was not, there wasn't really a feeling of like I don't want to answer this question. All within the observations I made, the, the children, the pupils were more than happy to answer the questions. Um, there was strong evidence of um, the pupils almost sort of teaching each other through cross-marking, um, um, using their own sort of existing knowledge. There was teaching episodes going on and that was mentioned within the interviews that they would teach each other, um, which is really which is really good to hear about. Um, I touched on it before, but the timing and timing of um, and the delivery of the questions was was majority was whole class, which I think is interesting. Um, there were times that they called upon a student, but most of the questions were very open to every you know open to anybody to volunteer the response. Um, and finally, the the classroom sessions, um, you know, I've touched on this previously. The the teachers didn't actually ask as many thought, thoughtful questions within the classroom. These were more in the gym when they were in the practical sessions, which again is very interesting. Um, you know, it might suggest that PE teachers, we were maybe more comfortable within the gym, but also are we just better at making the pupils, the learners think more by using thoughtful questions when they're in the practical setting. Yeah, yeah, that, that I have to say, after reading the paper again, that was the one thing that struck me was that, a dif that the different context resulted in different types of questions. And it did get me thinking, is it because when the pupils were in the gym, there's more exploratory type activity going on, more space for moving their bodies and exploring and problem solving? Um, which might lend itself to a, a kind of divergent type question, whereas the classroom, because the pupils are sitting down, they're a bit more contained, that that influences the type of questions uh, that, that teacher, teachers ask. So, yeah, I did think that was really interesting. I wonder as well, you mentioned there that 
um, the pupils were really open to responding to questions. Was that both in the PE setting, so in the practical setting and in the um, classroom, or did the classroom also influence the way in which the pupils responded to those questions? I mean, that might be a tricky question because uh, it was a while ago and that maybe didn't come out of your, your data as much, but just on reflection. Well, certainly looking back at all the dialogue, which is which is in, you know, I still have all of that from the observation schedules. The, the more like high quality conversations do seem to be when it's practical. And that is when the parents are being asked to think about something that they've just done or the reason why they're maybe doing something. And I do think that you're you're right. They are when they're in the classroom. They they possibly just go into sort of more reserved mode, and they may be not able to have that sort of ability to think really deeply. When whereas when they're doing something, they can reflect on it. Well, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Or, or using their bodies when they're thinking. So that exactly. whole notion of embodied learning and embodiment, which is again something that I'm really interested in. Andrew, I don't know if you wanted to add to that or. I'm just interested, uh, Kat, did the teachers plan questions or were they with this was this kind of in the moment? So th th their skill and expertise in, in asking questions was something that happened in the moment. Um, or did you see some evidence of, of planning for that? And yeah, I've got a follow up, but I'll let you answer that one first. I, I wonder if it, it's a bit of both. And I think because I had I observed two, two teachers with different styles. One would be very much in the moment and it would just flow in a sort of, yeah, almost like banter type style, but making the people think. And then the other one may be very experienced and it is almost pre-planned because of the experience they've had and this is what I would do in the curriculum. So maybe a bit of both. Okay. But, uh, no, well, I mean, it's interesting because there, there are there are some studies that suggest that when you start to, if you want to improve your questioning and move beyond the recall questions, then planning your questions is is a way to do that. And, and you think about that. And then also uh, just interested when you said that there was such good peer dialogue and, and, the, and the pupils work together well. Sometimes that doesn't happen by accident either. That's because of the structure that a teacher has put in place or if they're if they're expected to ask questions of each other, they've been given some kind of framework. Was there evidence of that in the lessons that you saw? Well, yeah, bearing in mind this was a this was kind of later on in the year. So they certainly were well they were well drilled at that point. So I think I think you're right that there would have been that there would have been a planning in the questions um, and that the pupils were were very relaxed and you know they they felt that they could explore their own ideas very effectively by that stage. Um, so moving on that was in some ways the past but it's, it's brilliant we can read the paper and learn from that but in terms of the impact that this has had on your on your own practice um, you know how do you think this, what you've learned from that, and what you've taken from that study, has that how has that influenced you as a teacher? 
yeah, it's re- it is really interesting looking back um, now because I've you've had lots of experiences and it's shaped it. So, uh, you know, the research I did has shaped how I how I speak in front of a class, and certainly like in the research, this was two classes. One was eight and one was twelve, so it was very they were very fortunate. It was very small classes. That has a massive difference on how how discussions go with the class and I was very fortunate in the private sector to have these more classes so you know when I kind of just came out of probation I was able to have really high quality you could plan what you were going to go through and everybody contributed um there was I didn't have to take a thought as to how I was going to get the learners to kind of come forth with anything and every, I feel that I was able to go you know think deeply with them and a lot of them also had good experiences of you know they played at high levels for sports and different activities so they could really relate knowledge to their own experience and then build upon that with their content knowledge for higher and national five and advanced higher whereas currently my class sizes are far larger, 30 plus and tri-level. So it's really difficult um, when you think about the differences of how I need to discuss and speak with a class of eight or a class of 30 that's got national four, national five and higher. And, you know, that's something that came up in the paper was about how sort of these scaffold questions to suit the learners. And actually with tri-level, you really have to plan how you do that because you've got national four sitting in front of you and they need to identify something. So they need to have a recall fact type identify question. Whereas then you have to think, well, my national fives, we're looking at different command words for them. So we're looking at describing and explaining. And then my hires, well, now at this point, we need to be evaluating and analysing. So it's actually, it's so relevant, but you actually have to think so hard about how you're going to do that. And then how do you set up this environment of oh, everybody feels that they can speak? Because in a class of 30 plus with S4s, S5s and S6s, people, there's really few fancy speaking. It's actually really, like, that my my first couple of days in front of a class like that, I was like, "Hey guys, nobody's speaking." Like it's because because of the dynamics and because of the difference of levels, so it's a massive challenge. So big big difference there just on that one thing. Yeah, you can certainly see, and 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 so many teachers will have that experience of of uh, of, of by and tri level teaching, so. I'm going to push you further then. So give us an insight then. How do you, have you approached that? By grouping the pupils, putting them into pairs, giving them particular tasks? Is there anything that you think is has worked for, for you and you've taken from that learning? Yeah, well, you certainly have to be really organised for grouping them um, and mixing it up whether we group, you try and group them so they're with their labels, so they're working at the same level but then it's really useful to use mixed groupings so we've got the hires who are 
teaching the national fours and the fives because just through this conversations and that really only happens laterally when they start to become comfortable with each other so groupings is was is really really important um and can be beneficial but really tricky to organize is there an element of coaching then so if if the um if you've got your hires are teaching some of the other pupils you know sort of doing peer teaching are you working with the higher class to sort of give them some advice about or you know ask this question or have you thought about this are you, are you doing that in the moment as well now well you're really making me think about doing it <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, the, you, you do have little conversations but it's certainly something that I feel like I should really be aware of that because they don't know how to do that you're going oh yeah go and so and so can you can you can help them they know you did that last year um but actually they they do probably need a bit more coaching so there is that element and the thing is they're they're, te they're teaching it so that they're, they're actually going through that process of developing their knowledge further through having to, to relate it to somebody else's experience which is which is really good but yeah it must be so challenging for them as well the fascinating insight thank you thank yeah. you so it's obviously still having an impact on your thinking and your practice um what's next for you kat um any plans to explore this idea further or a related idea further um how do you plan to to develop your practice in the future like even just having this conversation has made me think oh i need to be more aware going back to some of the elements of the paper and thinking about classroom sessions and thinking could we be more creative it certainly made me think and what's next i would i would really love to be able to do some more research whether I go into one of my colleagues and see what sort of things they're asking or when we're team teaching um, just taking note of how having discussions um, with pupils I don't really know what is next but I would like to do something. And do you think that focus if you did do something like that would it be on the certificated classes again or is there scope to to widen this a little bit? Yeah certainly right I would um I would certainly like to widen it a little bit. Um we have we've got our ISV electives that we get additional time with on top of their core periods and um it's always nice to do something with that group because it's a smaller class size. It's maybe something we could look at with them. So lots of opportunity anyway and lots of ideas I'm sure. I think we're just going to round up there. We did say that this would be 20 minutes, so we're going to stick to that. It's been fascinating talking to you, Kat. Um, lovely to see you again. I've learned a lot just from talking to you. And it sounds like um, recalling some of the work that you've done a, a few years ago has, has perhaps triggered a few a few more ideas for the future as well. So thanks again. That's been brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Shirley. Thank you very much, Andrew. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. That's lovely. Thanks, Kat. Well, that was really interesting. Lots to take away there, I think. I certainly took away a number of key things about asking questions. And it's just reminded me of the value of not just teachers engaging in research, but just teachers talking about what they do. What, what did you take away from it, Andrew? Yeah, certainly, Shirley. I think that that, that observation she had, that the teachers asked lots of 
divergent probing questions when they were in the practical uh, in, in environment uh, was really interesting and they could see how they, they got that depth of conversation uh, in the practical session but when they were in the classroom session tended to ask more recall uh, questions so th that that's interesting to see uh, and a challenge for us as teachers to think you know can we plan our questions can we ask our questions to keep that environment very similar as we move across different settings i think that's really interesting yeah i agree i and i it, it has made me think what would be interesting to explore further is why that context seems to matter so much so is it the physical space that is influencing the questions or is it that they see the classroom as having a different purpose, a different type of learning, therefore a different um, type of question? Um, but yeah, it really did get me thinking. And I certainly think that it, being able to talk about this again, because we, we know that this was a while ago she did this research, but just having this opportunity to talk about it again, I think has been quite inspiring for her and certainly for us and hopefully for people listening today. I mean, I wonder what, what do you think other teachers might take away from this? That's a good question, and I hope we'll find out um, uh, by getting other teachers on to talk. But for me, that part about maybe planning your questions uh, and reflecting on that uh, is, is probably quite important. Also, the point that Kat made later where she's getting some of her pupils to do that kind of peer teaching and perhaps maybe having a little coaching conversation with the pupils about what kind of questions they might ask and why that might be helpful to build their uh, capacity to probe each other and just get a bit more out of the questions. Um, that might be quite interesting. And, and I suppose the other thing that I've just really taken away from this is that we're talking about these kind of oral questions that are asked in the moment. And actually, we might need to also think about the type of written questions that we might write, the type of homework tasks that we set so that pupils are familiar with those and understand how to to read them and understand and interpret. Because there's been a lot of emphasis on the kind of the command words. And we heard Kat talking about that. Mm -hmm. And the, the more familiar pupils are with those things, then I, I would imagine that would help them to just feel more comfortable and just, you know, do what we want them to do, which is to get the knowledge and the, all the experiences that they have and, and, and get that out to, to share with others. And so we understand what they've been learning and what they need to do next. So I think it's fascinating. Yeah, me too. And uh, as I said, lots of scope for uh, future research and lots of things that we can learn and hopefully other teachers can learn as well. Thanks for listening. That was episode one of our series of six podcasts on practitioner inquiry. I hope that you enjoyed listening to Kat. In our next episode, Shirley and I talk to Hamish Townsend. He discusses how his practitioner inquiry helped him to consider how to increase engagement in PE and work towards becoming a more inclusive teacher. We hope that you will listen to that and you can find out more details about the work of our colleagues in the Physical Culture Research and Education Group at our website. You can find us by going to www.ed.ac.uk and putting in PCRE into the search bar. If you keep listening, you can hear in full Shadowing by Corbin Kites and you can listen to more of the tracks he's recorded by searching for him on YouTube. Until next time, thanks and we hope that you enjoyed listening.